Hey everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 169, Rolling the Dice on Isle Royal. On this episode, we recap our backpacking trip on Isle Royal National Park in a year when no one thought travel there would be possible. As everything was closing due to the pandemic, our only alternative was to get on the island by seaplane. We went for it and proved that having an island all to ourselves was worth the gamble. Get talking about this topic. Join in on the discussion on our Facebook group page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust the trail podcast and come hang with us be part of our community so we made a huge left turn um this morning on our way through a little bit part of wisconsin and then through minnesota and then on to the badlands i i can't even tell you how excited i am so we're headed to the badlands we're going to update the event page on our website if you go to trustthetrailpodcast.com go to the events we've got the badlands we want you to come if you're in the area if you just want to trek out we're going to have we have specific instructions directions on that site you don't really have to uh, book it you don't have to go through the process of logging in or anything like that just show up Um, just look for the 1976 airstream argosy they're not hard to find out there. <laughs> we'll be the only one. But you want to go to trusttrailpodcast.com um, and then go to your, our events page. The other thing I want to mention, too, is I'm working diligently on the Sycamore Wilderness Canyon trip because uh, that uh, takes a lot of planning um, for sure because there's no water over there. So we're trying to we're going to make sure we have a base camp. And uh, that's going to be set. That's why I haven't really put anything together yet. Um, but that's really coming into play. Been doing a lot of work on that lately. And the other thing, if you haven't been to the website, uh, trustthetrailpodcast.com, just for like a FYI, we've got articles. We've got gear stuff on there. We've got trail reports. Go to there and check out some of those blog posts. We just, did a, we just wrote a blog post on how to set up a tent in the rain, although I think the uh, pictured rock backpacking trip <laughs> people learned how to do that pretty quick <laughs> um so we've got that um we're gonna i'm writing two more blog posts i think uh tomorrow um or this week for sure so go and check that out there's a lot of information there we have gear we you can look at what ariana and i uh suggest for good backpacking gear we've got packing lists Go and check that out. Um, it's not just where you can find our podcast, but it's a whole lot more information on there, too. And then sign up for our newsletter. We try to send one out the first and the 15th each month. And then we reference all the articles, our podcasts, and where we're going. Tonight, we're lucky enough to be at the uh, at a casino parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> and it is dipping below freezing yeah. tonight yeah it's gonna be 30 <laughs> 31 degrees tonight <laughs> it's a little chilly but it actually feels rather refreshing yeah no it it does i'm waiting for this uh, rain to turn into sleet and then tomorrow morning wake up and say oh there's snow on the ground <laughs> very likely <laughs> um so the the trip up in the up the both backpacking trips just being up here, um, we were kind of sad to leave today uh, on our way 
south we saw the leaves changing uh the leaves were really kind of starting to say hey it's fall and it we remember that last year uh on the same road and saying the same thing it's just so beautiful up here we really really like it up here and uh this year was just as exciting just as beautiful it's always different in the UP. You never really know what you're going to get. Um, the UP is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. And it, it it just really is amazing. I mean, uh, this year was so uniquely different because of the circumstances that surround uh, the pandemic and everything else. Um, if I had a dollar for every time I left my mask in my car and had to walk back to my car, um, I'd be a millionaire. Um, and it's just a different way of life. It's just different. But that doesn't mean it wasn't as fun. And this year brought a whole lot of different uniqueness and a different experiences for us as guides. And I know for you guys uh, coming out and backpacking with us, which we are so greatly humbled by and so so thankful um, and grateful uh, to meet each and every one of you. Um, seriously, I wish I could kidnap all of you and put you in a bubble house and just kind of hang out with you for like a year. Um, Odd thing just, to say. No, but they're so public. good. They're so great. They're so great. I mean, they're so. Everyone is so great. You know, I know that sounds like really cliche-ish and oh, they're just saying that. No, but I'm that that really is. I mean. Could you not hang with every single one of them? Oh, absolutely. In a bubble house. I don't know about a bubble house. <laughs> Maybe outdoors. A, I, don't but... <laughs> know, I don't even know what a bubble house is. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking more outdoors. But, yeah, yeah. But sure. Yeah. Like like around a campfire. Bubble house, maybe. I don't know why I said bubble house. But like a log cabin, maybe. You know, we just <laughs> hang out and sit by the fire every day. Go hiking every day. You know, and talk and chat. It was like that. It was like, it was really nice. Not cooking for everybody every night. That was fun. Um, and, oh, I mean, I love cooking. I absolutely, you guys know that from the podcast. I, I love to cook for, for for people. But it was really good. So the iRoyal trip this year was a lot different because um, uh, and I, we told this to the group um, a few days ago when we were around our campsite and uh i think it was it was kind of like this to get that trip pulled off and have it successful at one point in time you know as people that you know put trips together and do logistics and do the planning and how long it takes um it was a miracle (laughs) (laughs) i wouldn't go that far (laughs) no i think it was a miracle but it but it all came together i mean that's what it it does but it it was just you know the seaplane was on time and everything worked out great and uh and i know you have a lot to share about it i i think that the 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 biggest component of this year's trip versus any other year particularly doing isle royal you know, we had to contend a lot more with the components of the pandemic and all the restrictions that were placed on it. The biggest being there's only one way on the island this year, and that's via seaplane. And uh, the seaplane has, um, it, you know, it has its own set of challenges. 
in regards to you are completely reliant, even more so than the Ranger 3 or any of the boat services that go out there. You're completely reliant on Mother Nature and what what is happening with the weather. And that could delay you up to three days, you know, on on one end. Um, at one point, I think there were, uh, I think the number was like 70 people were delayed earlier in the season. 70 people were waiting to exit off the island, delayed for three days trying to get off the island because fog had been so immense for multiple days on end that it just, it brought the challenges of what the seaplane can bring. And that's delay, completely contingent upon the weather. But it was much different than the 400 people that were stranded on the island last year. (laughs) True, by sheer numbers alone. Uh, so, So this year, when we were talking with the rangers, we, I was really alarmed by this stat alone. Isle Royal has not seen this low of visitation numbers since the 1920s. Imagine that for a second. Okay. Everyone close their eyes. 1920. That was... That's amazing. That's that's amazing. So it and, and now we're in 2020. And now yes, the season was delayed and limited. And yes, there weren't, you know, three major boat services bringing hordes of people onto the island. In years past it has grown in popularity even more so. And it, and it does every single year, but last year we really really experienced the 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 multitude of people kind of flooding the island for this experience that Isle Royal is known for. And this year, when we were on the island for, we were on the island for six days, there were less than a hundred people. It was about 90 to a hundred visitors on the island with us at that given point. The island is only 46 miles long and nine miles at its widest. Can you imagine that? That's how few people we shared the island with this year. Well, let's not forget the 2,000 moose that are on the <laughs> island also. As, as Tom would like to say, 4,000. Just double the number. <laughs> Just double the number. Just double the number. Well, I think this this is why this... Um, and, you know, we've done the podcast uh, about Iroyal before called The Elusive Moose, and, you know, last year. And, and, we, and we, you know, we've talked about Iroyal a few times on the podcast. But um, this is uh, uh, an experience that we wanted to share because... You did have an island all to yourself. You did have a national park all, all to, to yourself. yourself. Yeah. Um, and the seaplane uh, hijinks that normally uh, happen were a little bit different this year because these guys had to be on their A game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this wasn't a part-time gig for them anymore. They had to be on their A game. Um, they were it- the only service out. I, I would say the only... The only paid service out to the island. You could get there by your own boat, but how many people have their own boat that can sail? Yeah, on Lake Superior (laughs) during these conditions. (laughs) Right. And it was windy. It was windy this week. So um, I I think that it, it created a completely different dynamic. Not to mention this, that the island has not been taken care of since last year. All right. Okay. So you have an interesting story that I think is fascinating about the island that you got to witness that m- most people don't get to witness at all. 
you got to witness the island shut down as it would be for winter. It was almost as though I was looking into a time capsule. I, so I think if you had experienced the island as a first timer, you don't have that point of reference. It, it's almost as though you're looking back into the future saying, what would it be like on a normal year? It would be hustling and bustling. Um, we stayed on you know, one end of the island ended up at Rock Harbor. We flew into Rock Harbor. We flew out of Rock Harbor uh, for the best possible route. And it was a ghost town. It There was nobody there. There was no movement. It was still and it was quiet. So it all just, the boats were out of the water. All the windows no were boats. boarded up. The lodge was literally like boarded, boarded up. up. Yeah. Um, and so it, it almost looked like... You know, Iroyal has a rich history of people trying to um, civilize that island for a long time. And, you know, it just, the island is a tough place to live on. They they tried, they tried. They used to have communities in there in small towns. They used yep. to have schoolhouses there. And, you know, at some point in time, you know, everything became kind of like boarded up and people left. It's, it's, I mean, and that's kind of how it looked when you got there. <laughs> right. With the winters on Isle Royal, it becomes a very inhospitable place to actually like, you know, habitat. And, and it, it felt, I, I, I say it again, it felt like this time capsule of, oh my gosh, if, like, I've never seen the island as though it had been closed up for the season. And it was just, it was just, it was just, I don't want to say, it was just unbelievable to kind of witness it in that stage as we're exiting near the end of the season thinking, wow, none of this has been used or lived in or, you know, become effective and it's like now normal use. And it was just, it was just really, it just, it felt, it felt so strange to be in this, this place where I know it's busy and there was like no movement. It was so quiet. There was nobody else around. Which is really kind of like, um, that's like the good part of Iroyal. When I first started going there, that's kind of how it was. You know, you'd, you'd get there, you, you, maybe you'd have like 25, 30 backpackers that would come off of the ferry and that would be it for the week. You know, you wouldn't have that many people yeah. on the island. But the thing that I was really kind of amazed at and wanted to share with you guys is that, um, so when Ariane and I, when we do these trips, uh, we look at everything. But the biggest thing is that, and we did a podcast called The Audible, Calling an Audible. Yeah. And, and this is where that podcast, you ought to listen to it again, becomes super, super important. This trip was kind of um, how do you get information from a place that nobody really is going to and it's hard to get intel for. So as a guide, you're always looking for the latest intel. You're always looking at you're always looking at trail reports. You're looking at, you know, OK, what's going on with these trail conditions? Of course, you're always looking at the weather. Um, and routes change very fast. It depends on the group of people you take too. like, you know, um, you, you know, depending on 
you know, the, the vibe of the group and how many people are in the group and, you know, how strong the group is or, or what you need well, to how do. Much, how much exploration and, and, and pushing themselves are they actually willing to do? And right. you have to kind of gauge that really quickly. Very, very front. quickly. And everybody met at the seaplane. Right. So, um, so one of the things that we went into Intel mode right away when we were lucky enough, um, when we were at the dock and the seaplane was ready to take off, we met backpackers that had just come off the island. And, you know, one of the things that we started doing right away we was started like, scrubbing them for information. <laughs> okay, like, what route did you do? What what are the trail conditions? And we had already found out through us calling, um, you know, one of the rangers on the island what one of the trail conditions were like. Now, we talked about it last year on our trip, on our podcast, um, and we'll say it again, there is a trail on that island that if not in perfect conditions, it's a mess. And we knew that that was going to be a mess. And so we got intel from the ranger and then we got intel from that backpacker that came off the plane. And, you know, they were both like, yeah, don't do it. <laughs> it it's it's a mess. So we called an audible right there before we even got on the seaplane within minutes of getting on the seaplane. Uh, we called an audible. Uh, Ariane called an audible and said, no, we're not going there. We're going to go up on the ridge. We're gonna, and, and, and then she called an audible when you landed. So it was like two <laughs> audibles within an hour of the of the itinerary. And that's what you kind of have to expect when you go on guided trips. Because the, the people that are putting these trips together are always looking around the corner. And they're looking around the corner before you even know they're looking around the corner. And I think that's kind of important, you know, for our listeners to know is that um, you you kind of were able to ditch some real suck value of the island on that trail. And I love this story about you going to Lane Cove. Yep. And you got a benefit from that. You got a big benefit from calling an audible. A huge benefit. And then seeing... No pun intended. <laughs> and then seeing the hikers... That didn't do intel and what they went through. Yeah, I think so. All of our all of our mileage is rather conservative when we go to schedule a trip. And and that's just based off of, you know, different. Uh, we just kind of have to play it safe, not knowing exactly who we have joining us. And and in this case, multiple things happened at one given point. Um. We had gotten onto the island as expected, which I did not anticipate. <laughs> no, and it was a beautiful day, too. And that's the thing, too. Beautiful was, day sandwiched in between two cruddy it was, days. It was blue sky yeah, when we yeah. left. I mean, it was awesome. <laughs> so we were on the island as scheduled, uh, which was not anticipated. And so our mileage for that first day was going to be really low. We were headed to Three Mile uh, Campground. And that's less than three miles on the trail. And so, you know, quickly assessing this group, I recognized that this low of mileage was going to be too low for an acclimation day on the island. We would have too much time at camp and we only had the ability to explore two different trails that we were already planning on doing. And so I, I'm getting my permit I'm getting all settled with the ranger. I'm talking to her about the trail conditions. She jokingly talks about how uh, this this the, the Rock Harbor Trail from 
you know, three mile to Daisy Farm campgrounds is has been trail named a very very negative trail name. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't a good trail name for a trail. <laughs> she laughed. Like she goes mud pie or yeah, could, yeah, something yeah, you like could that. Say right? it was a little muddy. Um, and and knowing what a little muddy versus you know the conditions that I anticipated and and hearing from uh, you know I decided to ixnay that and I started I started kind of giving getting alternatives for where we should go instead and we were able to actually extend our miles um we did eight miles that day instead of three and we ended up on the other side of the island and our campsite overlooked canada and it was peaceful and it was restful and it was beautiful and we had this amazing enormous like bright orange moon just the next morning as it was setting and it was just like it was breathtaking and we all pack up we're on the trail as we're getting ready to do an up a big steep up back up to the ridge to get to the other side of the island we stumble upon a bull moose bullwinkle <laughs> no he was <laughs> no I, I'm going to say Bullwinkle is that this moose was very um, calm and relaxed, very much uh, didn't mind us watching him eat. It was it was amazing. And we almost like we almost ignored him. And so I'm, I'm walking and I'm like, wow, that is a fresh moose track. And Cindy looks back at me and she was like, oh, OK, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. I look up not two seconds after I say that. I'm like, yeah, that was a fresh track. There's a bull moose right there. <laughs> you know, that's, and, there's nothing like seeing a bull moose and it was, on that an, It was amazing. It was like the very first the very first morning on the island. And we were gifted something that is somewhat rare to see. Um that's a huge gift. It's a huge gift, and it was amazing. So you get to Lane Cove, call an audible. Oh, yeah. See the moose. We extended our miles the next day by doing that. Um, stay out of the mud pie. Stay out of the mud pie. You get back up on the ridge. And the the, the other thing that I think you guys were gifted on this trip was the weather. Um the UP is a really weird, when those winds come out of the, the, the Northeast, and especially coming out of the Northwest from Canada, I mean, it, it can be just, just miserable. Last year when we went, it was more cloudy than sunny. Yeah, and um, it was much colder last year than it was Much this year. colder. But this time, you know, you guys had like one day of a little suck, but basically you guys had some pretty decent weather. Yeah, we didn't have any days of suck, actually. It was pretty amazing. And <laughs> I don't know where the suck came in. No, I I, it was that I felt so we had. I thought it rained one day on there. But so, yes, however, the rain always held off when we were. Was it raining candy for you guys? I mean, like, you know, what? 
you know, you know, you <laughs> got was, to see almost was, every it was single raining thimbleberries. Yeah, you almost got to see every single piece of wildlife on the so, on the island. So I would imagine it like, oh, did you see a unicorn too? Yeah, that's just when it started. Yeah, pretty much candy. close to pretty much close to it. The, the rain held off when we weren't hiking. Uh, we we never hiked in rain. Uh, we never were inconvenienced, quote unquote, by rain. Um, we had sunny weather the wind was just right when we needed a cool off from the hot sun that was beating down on us it there was a running joke in the trip and it was like ah Ariane scripted that one too and it was just like it just kept on everything we would do or everything we would see or everything we would experience it would be like and as scripted there was one point where I, every single every single night, I would give the itinerary for the day. I would say, this is what we're doing, pull out the map, show the route, um, explain kind of what our mileage is, what our, our, key, our key turnoff points are, which trails we're doing, what's the mileage, how much water to filter to get to the next water source, blah, 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 right? And every single day, I'd say like, okay, let's be ready by this point, ready to hit the trail at this point so that we can... Uh, you know, relax, or maybe there was one day that we wanted to linger longer because we were going to be up on the ridge, and I knew that we would have views of Canada and the surrounding island and really feel the vastness of being so remote. And so at, at one point, we were at Mosque Basin, and I said, I said, okay, I want everybody ready by uh, 8.45. And it was an odd time, but I wanted everybody ready by 8.45, knowing that our we wouldn't actually get on the trail until 9. Promptly. At 8.45, not a minute before, not a minute after, when I needed everybody to be ready, (laughs) three otters came right in front of our shelter and just put on a show for us. And I was like, as scripted, there are your otters. (laughs) It was, it was just, it, it was that kind of trip. Like everything just like, it was, for lack of better word, it was perfect things jived and meshed and mother nature was like here I gifted on a silver platter for you what more do you want what do you want here I'll provide it for you and it just was one of those unreal experiences that is so rare to be gifted and and I kept saying you guys are so unbelievably fortunate. Like this is this is the beauty of the island, and I and I do believe that having an island all to ourselves was a big key component in this because we saw an abundant of wildlife, and it wasn't just the four moose that we happened upon. It wasn't. It wasn't the fox that came right up to us and, you know, looked adorable and was like, oh, feed me, which, of course, we didn't. It was the sandhill cranes flying right above us, walking right next to us. It was the otters. It was the the one species of turtles that we saw mating. It was, you know, the, the multitudes of toads and red squirrel and um, snowshoe hare. And it's just like... It just, it just kept coming and it was just so, it was such a gift of the island. This is what I thought was ridiculous. Uh, I heard all this story um, <laughs> and when we were having dinner at, at a camp uh, site um, and then Tom goes, yeah, and don't forget the rainbow. Oh, yeah. 
And then yeah, the rainbow. I'm like, what? You guys had a rainbow too? A double rainbow. Yeah, and then Tom goes, no, we had a double rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> I look at the photograph. I'm like, oh my God, there were unicorns on that island. It, you know, it's, it, it just, so I asked, so we were at Daisy Farm one night and there was our lowest mileage day. And we had just done around nine, uh, just under nine. And and our group was pretty sluggish at that point. We had done more mileage each day than we had anticipated. Again, calling an audible, feeling out the group, wanting them to explore and see even more of the island uh, because it was just so generous of what it had to offer. We we get there and I'm talking to the ranger that stationed at Daisy Farm and I'm like, okay. I know you don't get a lot of moose down here. Have you seen any in the area? And he's like, oh, yeah, there's this big bull moose that just frequents up on the ridge. And if you go up here, you'll see him around this time and this time and and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, "Okay, you know, people say that and you never see what they talk about. You never get to see. Never. Ever. Never does that happen. (laughs) As as scripted. We we so I go back to the group and I said, okay, all right, I got intel. This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna have a night hike for those who wants to go up there. We're gonna go up there in the evening. We're gonna eat dinner early. We're gonna hike about four miles, and we're gonna see this bull moose, and it's gonna happen. And blah blah blah. I go, there's no guarantee, right? <laughs> Everyone's all in. They're like, of course, everything else is working out. So we get up there. <laughs> sure enough. As scripted, the bull moose is right there, exactly where he said he was going to be on time. And it was just, it was just one of those, those, those trips that just things, things just worked. So there was a ranger stationed at Daisy Farm. By, yeah, he was yeah. just by himself. Yeah, pretty Boy. much. Very lonely. <laughs> Very lonely. <laughs> you have to be lonely. <laughs> so, so. Like, did you just run into him? Was he just standing on the trail? <laughs> like, well, actually, he came up to me. As but where I'm, did he come up? Was he? Was so he, I'm walking barefoot. I'm kind of wobbling because you know we've we've done some at miles. Daisy Farm. You guys are we staying, were staying at, Daisy. at Daisy Farm, uh-huh. and uh, I was just kind of walking over the boardwalk, like doing my little wobble thing, barefoot, yeah. ready to go soak my feet in Lake Superior. And he's like, "Oh man, those otters really did a number on this thing today, didn't they?" And I was like, "Oh, hi." How are you? So I started talking to him. He appeared out of nowhere. <laughs> so the the <laughs> so I'm trying to picture this ranger by himself because I Royale is kind of you know if you're at Daisy Farm and you're a ranger by yourself, it's a very lonely business. Yeah, it's yeah, very lonely business, yeah, right? Yeah. So especially during this year because n- nobody's there. And I know they kind of have a ranger station at Daisy Farm. Well, this ranger, he was a first-year ranger, and so he was extremely excited to um, was, be on the island. He was very thrilled to be on the island, and I think that he was very excited to do his job and to talk with people, and um, he was very, very present. And I've not ever seen an, a ranger so present on the island before. And the the weird thing is that the Ranger 3 wasn't coming in. No. Nope. Only for supply and picking up garbage and Right, stuff. which we actually saw it come and to so the And so the island. only thing he could do was watch for the seaplane that would fly over the island. Correct? Like, like clockwork every day. 
So that's the only. Was he was was he wearing a white suit? Was he was he in white? Is this a reference to something? <laughs> uh, I feel like you're trying to go somewhere with I'm us. I'm kind of picturing the ranger being on the island all by himself, kind of going stir crazy, and every time he sees the seaplane. You know, he just kind of goes, the plane, the plane. <laughs> Welcome to Fantasy Island. <laughs> I could just see him kind of start losing his mind. Um, but he, he pointed out the moose. So. He did. He he definitely told us the time and the place to go see this moose. Um, and, you know, it definitely happened for us. Was his name tattoo? No. <laughs> no. Was he looking for Mr. Wark? You're very concerned about this park ranger. Was he looking for Mr. Wark? <laughs> no. All right, good. No. Um, but I just, I think it was such an, a beautiful adventure. And it was, it was really, it was really nice to get. How were the trails, by the way? So, like, what is the official trail report uh, from you? Um, as far as the trails go, we know what the we know the trail from Three Mile to Daisy Farm on the low end, going into Daisy Farm next to the lake is that's the mud pie mess we're talking about. Um, it's during the fall in later season. It is a mud pie mess because that lake actually comes right up and sprays on the trail. So that's terrible. But how were the trails? Uh, it felt like nature had kind of taken back over the island and protected itself and said, you know, I need a year of healing. Um, rangers, I, I had read reports and rangers had really warned us about all the blowdown and all the coverage of the island that we would experience, that it wasn't maintained. Um, and we did not do a point to point we settled in the more populated areas uh and so w i we did not experience we didn't experience blowdown that that felt too challenging uh probably probably the most challenging route that we had uh was from mosky basin all the way over to mccargo cove clear across the other side of the island um we experienced a lot more blowdown, but it was, it still, it wasn't as impactful as I would have imagined. So if you think about it as a time capsule, they haven't done trail maintenance since the end of last year. Um, so in September, and then they let the island just kind of exist. And I was pretty alarmed to see that, that the island just kind of, I don't know, it just kind of sustained, sustained itself. It The blowdown wasn't impassable. Uh, there were a few areas where, you know, they had come in and carved out an alternative route around something or a boardwalk was uh, gone to the beavers. And in, in those cases, there was a workaround. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't unnavigable. It, it was definitely a uh, more narrow path. Uh, you know, we were definitely walking more in the tree coverage. And of course, the thimbleberry leaves were uh, kind of engulfing us at times. But it was it was kind of beautiful to kind of feel as though you were more raw with nature. So it, it kind of felt it, it felt it felt good. 
It felt real good. Well, I think I think overall, uh, you guys just had great weather. You had a great trip. Um, I think one of the most interesting uh, aspects of the whole trip, of course, was then, you know, the seaplane coming <laughs> to pick you up. And that was more of an adventure alone than uh, the island itself. So let's kind of set the story up um, on Sunday. Um, I am down in Houghton, Michigan, where the seaplane takes off. And at 1.30, I called, thinking there is no way that seaplane is going out there today to pick those guys up. We had a 3 o'clock departure off the island. So I checked the radar. Um, I've got this radar app on my phone, and I checked the radar. There is a square box around Iroil. And it said, gale force, warning, marine warning. And I'm like, it's just around the island. It's just around the island. And I'm like, they're, they're not being picked up. So I call and, you know, thinking, okay, you know, I'm going to prep for another day and, you know, see what we can do. And um, so I call. And when you call the seaplane, they're never going to tell you they're not going. Because I think it's minute by minute. I mean, that whole gig literally is minute by minute. And so they're never going to tell you whether, yeah, we're going. Your 3 o'clock flight is good to go. It's never going to be that way. It's like, um, uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. We'll let you know we'll when let we let you, let you know. <laughs> we'll let you know. When we're in the air, that means we're coming. <laughs> so... So I, I'm like, there's no way they're coming. Of course, meanwhile, on the mm. island... Uh, we are all rationing our food and going, okay, there is a very good opportunity that we're not getting off this island. And what did the ranger say to you when you asked her? Uh, well, I mean, she, oh, <laughs> she said, uh, she goes, well, you're scheduled, you're scheduled as expected right now. However, he won't fly above 40 knots and we are going to be capping over 35. Well, closer to like 38 so yeah i'll let you know when he's in the in the air <laughs> yeah and that's like, how it oh is my God. like it, it literally We're is not minute by minute island. you just never know and so at three o'clock i called again yeah, yeah and i'm like hey like i don't think you guys went out there today i mean there's just no way i mean you know like the the a storm is coming the radar doesn't look good uh, you know, we're ready to be trapped out there for what, a day. What's the gig? Am I coming to pick these people up? And she goes, hold on. Oh yeah. They're in the air right now. They're, they're on the way. Yeah. You can come and pick them up. I'm like, what? <laughs> so now that's my end of the story. You got on the seaplane and then what happened? Well, so we had actually gotten to the dock, uh, early, uh, in true form. We were all ready to go. Uh, we got the A-OK that the, the plane was up in the air from the Ranger. And so we were like, okay, we're all packed. We're ready to go. Let's just go ahead and go over to the sea dock. Well, it's a good thing that we did because the plane had left early from the dock in Houghton and the Windigo in, oh, in Houghton. Yeah. Okay. And so thus coming to the plane. So we're out there and we're like, oh, wow, there's a seaplane. Wow. He's really early. As he's coming in, we think we hear grumbles of thunder, but we're not really sure. The seaplane is also arriving at the same time. And so we're all like getting nervous. 
Everyone's at the dock waiting. We're all like, this can't be good. You see this dark cloud starting to form. <laughs> and we're like, this is not good. This is not good, but he's here, right? So chances are pretty good that he's not going to hold out the storm. He's going to leave. As we get there, he unloads and he turns very aggressively. He goes, is that thunder? <laughs> and we're all like, how do we answer that question? <laughs> That's a, that seems to be a trick question. <laughs> seems to be. If we answer no, then we're all going to crash and burn on the plane. If we answer yes, he's not going to fly away from this island. <laughs> no. Why? What you, so what's the etiquette how do on we, that? How do we like, answer this? I don't know. Was that thunder? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he moves into overdrive in a, in a very panicked way. I guess is the best I could describe it. And he starts barking orders at everybody, uh, yelling them to get on the plane. Uh, we're, we're trying to help him out, get our, get our gear on. Um, and he's frantically going, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is the exits. This is how you do this. This is how you work the door. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, get on. You, 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 here, there, there. We got to get out. We got to go. We got to go. We got to go. And he's like, we've got to go before this thing comes in. And like, you just see the clouds rolling in and these grumbles of thunder. Um, we take off. None of us are quite sure if it's a good idea or a bad idea. <laughs> but you got to trust the seaplane. They know. Trust the trail. Trust. The tra- <laughs> trust. Uh, it was a little intimidating to put so much trust in that. We but- never said the trail was on the ground, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so as we're taking off and we're... He, he takes this sharp left, like, off the island. Uh, and as you look back, you just see the rain engulfing the island of where we just were. And while he'll fly in rain, it was pretty ominous for the most part. The whole flight, he just, like, panically and very aggressively, like, turning his head back, looking backwards. Tom kept going, 10 and 2. Ten and two, sir. <laughs> Eyes on the road. <laughs> Eyes in front of you. <laughs> and, you know, you just have this moment of like, why is he so worried about what we just left? Um, but it was an experience all to itself. Um, it was a little intimidating. It was a little nerve wracking. Uh, but obviously it was it was an adventure that none of us are ever, ever going to forget. Um, so we kind of wanted to wrap this up, uh, with, we try to get our guests on the podcast and, uh, it just didn't work out that way, this go around. Um, and so I, I kind of wanted to introduce you to Cindy, Angela, and Tom, all three that went on this Isle Royal adventure, um, in 2020, Cindy, AKA debris field. <laughs> and it was honestly, it was such an immense pleasure backpacking with you. You, you, your laughter, your positivity, your ability to mom us um, and look out after all of us every single time. You captured the spirit of Isle Royal and engulfed yourself in the beauty of what all the island has to offer. I'm extremely grateful that you got the time to explore it this year. Of all years, uh, I know you needed it. 
Um, keep the experience close at heart to you. Always don't forget it in the stressful times of what you have upcoming. I hope that you're going uh, like completely just gorging on spam and pretzels now that you no longer have to ration your meals. <laughs> I hope you are enjoying that for lunch every day. Um, and I haven't given up on having that cup of wine with you in the in the near future. I really hope to get to hike with you again soon. Angela, trail named you sure of foot. And perhaps the only individual I know who waves at wildlife when she happens upon them. <laughs> it was a fun little quirk to get to experience. You were as still as the island was, and I loved witnessing you just blend in so effortlessly with the island. It almost looked as though you belonged there. Um, and I know that you were very at peace with what it offered you. You never faltered in your footing or your attitude, two things that I was just enormously, enormously grateful for. I was amazed by you and all you learned for yourself out there. I hope that you still feel empowered from what you've accomplished out there. Five nights, six days, and one insanely wild plane ride back to the mainland. Tom, best ever. <laughs> Your PSR rating has gone from a 7.5 all the way to a 10.0. Wow, Tom, high <laughs> PSR wedding. Of course, that could just be because of all the credit for nature you gave unto me. <laughs> but while the moose sightings on the island and all of the wildlife we encountered were unbelievably epic and like no other year I've ever encountered, getting to watch you get to experience them was even more of a highlight than actually getting to experience them myself. Um, Angela claimed that it was one of the favorite parts of the trip is to watch you stumble upon that big bull moose <laughs> as scripted. I truly hope to get to go backpacking with you again soon in the near future. You have a genuine passion for nature. I watched you absorb it in a rare and deeply connected way. I don't see many others match. Your ability to connect with it reminds me of why I love guiding people in the outdoors. You guys, I deeply appreciate and loved getting to backpack with each and every one of you and watch the experience of Isle Royal take you um, and just empower you as individuals. So thank you for coming and being part of that experience with us. Absolutely. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Shout out to our lovely and amazing Facebook members. You guys really uh, keep inspiring us and brighten our day every time we see you guys post a picture of one of your, your hikes, uh, one of your backpacking trips. And of course, our Patreons who help support the podcast. We couldn't do it without you. Kim Caverman, Brother Bear, Jill Lang, EJ Newell, Becky Winger, Helene Prophet, Ted Jones, Bob Esser, Kathy Kennison, Jeff Nyman, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy Tappendorf, Lisa Pruitt, Mike Pellett, Brad Wolf, Suzanne Johnson, Gary Busia, John Phillips, Shirley Nutt, Rick Hornick, and our newest patrons, Jessica Wolfen, who at one point in time took our backpacking boot camp class. Long time ago. A long time ago. Thank you, Jessica. And Ethan Corona. Ethan, thank you guys so much. If you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a secure platform. 
that lets you support your favorite podcasts. All you need to do is create an account and go to Trust the Trail Podcast and as little as $2 a month, get special benefits for exclusive content. Our podcasts are always available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now on Amazon Audio. Very cool. All the big ones, if we're not on any of your favorite podcatchers, please drop me a line. I will make sure we are on that one for you. You can follow us on Instagram, Trust the Trail, because you've been posting some iRoyale oh, yeah. photographs. Absolutely. Um, which is very cool. You can also follow us on Trust the Trail Facebook page. Remember, the trail gives you everything you need, especially when you're in a sketchy seaplane with a sketchy pilot saying, <laughs> Get in! <laughs> uh, or Ranger, you mean <laughs> standing by himself on a trail going, The plane! The plane! <laughs> uh, the trail gives you everything you always need and, and more. So Trust the trail, you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.